Hello and welcome. This is the Seeds of Creativity, show number 39. This is Channeling Your Inner Tortoise with Carl Honoré. You're listening to Maria and Russell. This is the Seeds of Creativity live show on LearnRadio.net. And a very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Uh, You can write on our show page. Just go to learnradio.net forward slash seeds of creativity and find show 39. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks so much indeed for enjoying this. You can check out all of our podcasts, learnradio.net forward slash podcasts for everything fantastically learned for you as well. Maria, tell us about our guest today. Thank you very much, Russell. Now, in our podcast, we're going to be discussing how we can all channel that inner tortoise and how we can achieve more by actually just doing less. Now, this can be quite a difficult task in education as there is always something to prepare for and time seems to be that elusive concept that seems to run out often enough. Russell, it runs out out quite often with Mm -hmm. me. Always things to do. Now, our guest for this podcast is Carl Honoré. Carl is a best-selling author broadcaster and the voice of the slow movement. His two main stage TED Talks have racked up millions of views. Now Carl travels the world to deliver powerful keynotes that put time and tempo in a whole new light. His counterintuitive message is very simple but actually quite game-changing. To thrive in a fast world you just have to slow down. And he's going to be sharing practical approaches to slowing down as well as sharing moments from his 30 Days to Slow book, which I can speak from experience, is absolutely fabulous. I attended his boot camp and it's a great starting point to living a slower and more meaningful life, as well as introducing small moments which can make a huge difference. Wow. I have to ask you, Maria, what impact did that boot camp have on you? Wow. It was absolutely incredible. It was a four week um sessions and I, I the first week was all about mind then we went on to play then body and work the thing that I found the most important was I no longer dine al desco oh. this is a, a phrase from Carl I now take my food away from my desk I have a much better understanding of eating I'm eating slower I seem to be filling up a little bit better um, it's just a wonderful thing you know it's just so simple a lot of us eat at our desk you know sometimes we enjoy coffee at our desk as well you know it's time to move away and give ourselves a bit of space. And also the breathing breaks. Every now and then I stop and I breathe for 10 breaths. Wow. Actually, sometimes I breathe. I, I'm breathing all the time, Russell, as you know, but yes. it's just taking that conscious breath. So those things that I, I'm taking away and it's it's one of those things that I'm going to continue to revisit. Absolutely fabulous. Well worth it. Excellent. Well, I am yet to, he says, slurping from his coffee. I'm yet to fully embrace all of that. And I'm here to learn, I have to see. So we've got one on the uh, the wagon and one off the wagon as well. So Carl's books have been published in 35 languages. My goodness. And landed on bestseller lists in many countries. Carl's first, first book, In Praise of Slow, chronicles the global trend towards putting on the brakes in everything from work to food, as Maria's just been talking about, and also to parenting. In Praise of Slow was BBC Radio 4's book of the week and an inaugural choice of the Huffington Book 
post club wow that's amazing uh, carl's second book under pressure explores how to raise and educate children in a fast world well we all want to learn from that i can tell you under pressure was shortlisted for the writers trust award the top prize for non-fiction in canada my goodness where's this chap been all our lives maria his third book the slow fix explores how to tackle complex problems in every walk of life from health and relationships to business and politics without falling for superficial short-term quick fixes wow amazing carl's latest book bolder making the most of our longer lives exploring aging how can we do it better and feel better about doing it it's a spirited manifesto against ageism love it uh, bolder was a bbc radio 4 book of the week and a reader's digest in the uk book of the month amazing of course Today is the 1st of July and it's Canada Day. Amazing timing, Maria. You are just so good with these days as well. Uh, Carl, welcome to the show and thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, wonderful to be with you both. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I don't know how, with all of this going on, how, how we've managed to squeeze you into, uh, or us into your schedule as well. But thank you. We're really, really grateful. Now, your first book, In Praise of Slow, came out in 2004. And your TED Talk, which followed that in 2005, what prompted you to explore the concept of slow? And how have things changed, do you think, since then? Very interesting to know. We have, as humans, have we become better or worse at embracing the slow movement, Carl? Well, first part of that question, <laughs> I think that when we get stuck in fast forward, it often takes a shock to the system or a, or a wake-up call, something to make you realize that you've forgotten how to put on the brakes and that this is doing you real harm. And for many people, that wake-up call comes in the form of an illness. One day the body just says, uh-uh, can't do this anymore. <laughs> and you have a burnout or you can't get out of bed one morning. My wake-up call came when I started reading bedtime stories to my son. And, and back in those days, I just couldn't slow down. So I'd go into his room at the end of the day and speed read Snow White. Yeah, so I'd be skipping lines, paragraphs. I became an expert at what I called the multiple page turn technique, which I think any parent will, you know, you try to turn one, two, three, four, but it never works because these confounded kids know the stories back to front. So my mm -hmm. son would always catch me out and say, you know, Daddy, why are there only three dwarves in the story? <laughs> what happened to Grumpy? And this really lamentable state of affairs went on for some time until I caught myself flirting with buying a book I'd heard about, a book called The One Minute Bedtime Story. So Snow White in 60 Seconds. Wow. And I remember thinking, hallelujah, <laughs> what a great idea. I need that book now, Amazon drone delivery. But then, you know, second reaction, very different. It was light bulb over the head moment. And I thought, whoa, has it really come to this? Am I really... Am I really in such a hurry? I'm prepared to fob off my little boy with a soundbite instead of a story at the end of the day. And it was one of those moments of genuinely searing epiphany. It was like an out-of-body experience. I could suddenly see myself there in sharp relief. And what I saw was just ugly. It was unedifying. It was wrong. And I realized that I I was racing through my life instead of living it. And that was that was hitting rock bottom. And that was the pivot point. And that's when I started this long journey <laughs> towards reconnecting with my inner tortoise. Wow. And do you think we've got better or slow? Well, have you? Have you got better or slow? And have we as humans, as a race, have we got better or are we going in the wrong direction still? Well, the, the, I'll tackle the easier question first, which is what's happened to me, which is that, yes, I have. And I, there's a, I have a very clear before and after. My before 
I was just such a roadrunner. You know, every moment of my day was a race against the clock. I, I, I was juggling things all the time. Everything was a dash to the finish line. I, I very little. I, did, I wasn't really living. I was just keeping my head above water, right, to charge and power through to the next thing on my to-do list. Sure. Whereas now I don't. You know, I have still have an exciting, interesting life. I get lots done. <laughs> But I don't feel rushed anymore. I genuinely don't feel rushed, and and that's a palpable and profound shift that I notice. You know, that's the before and after. I I just don't feel like I'm I'm living my life now instead of racing through it. So, if I can do it, you know, if I can reconnect with my inner tortoise, man, I tell you, anyone can because I am a I am a natural born speedster. You could probably hear it in my voice. I still am quite quick, right? I speak fast. I play fast sports. I like speed, right? Mm. Faster is often better. But what I've managed to do over these years is, well, not just—I was going to say to tolerate slowness, but it's not that. It's much more. It's to fall in love with slowness, yeah. right? To, to find that inner tortoise and to realize that in a world addicted to speed, slowness is actually a superpower. Yeah, and that's been a game changer for me personally. Wow, wow, that's amazing. Thank you, Maria. You've got another question there. Thank you very much, Ross. I mean, it's so interesting listening to you talk, Carl, because, you know, I had, you know, that epiphany a few years ago. I had a lump in my throat. I was in the middle of a teaching year and I put off my surgery right till the end of the summer holidays. And my cover, my recovery took such a long time. And it was then that I thought, you know, what is it that I'm doing? I kept going back to my doctor and saying, you're signing me off for another two weeks. When will I get better? And he said, this is going to take a slow recovery. And it did. You know, it took me nine months to recover. You know, I was cancer free. It was all great. But, you know, since then, it really has changed, you know, my philosophy. You know, so I'd like to ask you, Carl, why is this slow philosophy so important to our lives now more than ever, especially after this global pandemic? And, and where would you like to see things evolve? Well, I think slow is an extraordinary thing and, and it's really not about doing everything slowly right that's an important thing to underscore up front when people talk about the slow creed or the slow revolution or movement it is not about doing everything slowly that that would be absurd right i'm not an extremist of slowness as i've already said i love speed slow is about doing things at the right speed sometimes fast sometimes slow musicians talk about the tempo justo right the correct tempo for each piece of music slow is a mindset it's quality before quantity it's be present, mindful in the moment, doing one thing at a time. Do you remember when we used to do that? Yes. Ultimately, it's about doing everything not as fast as possible, but as well as possible. And once you get that slow chip, if you imagine as a chip, you slot into that port in your head and arrive at each moment thinking, how can I negotiate this moment? How can I get through it as well as possible instead of as fast as possible? Then it really does change everything. Because when you do that, I mean, slow is the key that unlocks the door to a better everything. So you, you know, you just touched on it there when you talked about your your physical health. That's something that we regain when we start to live in that slow, the capital S way, right? You you have paradoxically you have more energy because you're not exhausted from going fast all the time. So you you're you're, you're just better physically, mentally. I think this. I mean, I think the word. I mean. Pandemic is obviously a loaded word at the moment, but I think we've seen over the last few years a kind of pandemic in mental health problems, whether Absolutely. it's eating disorders, and this is children upwards, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, anxiety, depression, all that stuff. I think a lot of that is linked to the fact that people are living out of sync with themselves. They're living in this kind of roadrunner, fast forward vortex that just leaves no space for reflection, for recharging, for getting to know yourself. You're just 
paddling away like a mad, crazy duck, right? Um, <laughs> uh, feet, feet paddling below the surface. So a big thing you gain when you slow down is, is, is mental equilibrium, right? A stronger mental health. There's also all of the benefits you get at work or in the classroom as well. You know, you make fewer mistakes. You become more productive by slowing down judiciously at the right moments. And then, of course, this is the sweet spot for, for this conversation today, right? Which is creativity, the intimate bond that exists and has always existed between slowness and creativity. The greatest minds in the sciences and the arts have always known this that you have to slow down in order to tap into that deep, rich reservoir of imagination and creativity. You know, Darwin called himself a slow thinker, right? You know, it's, it's always been there. And so that's something else that people notice when they begin to find that slower gear is that their imagination takes off and the creativity begins to flow. So those are some of the advantages. There, there are many more. I think there's the social connection we get as well. The social human relationships become richer, more textured more real when we have time and presence for other people, time and attention. So that's the beginning of a very long checklist of the benefits of slow. Oh, that sounds wonderful, Carl. I like that term, Russell, the rich reservoir of thinking. Doesn't that sound wonderful? I know. Rich I'm, reservoir. And going on with the water theme, be more swan. I think I like that. That's, that's, I'm taking away from that. Mm. Be more swan-like. I like that. And purposeful. And just... And although uh, you do speak very quickly, I, it, the ideas there is there is a gentleness to and the texture to your your speech as well. And I, I'm really embracing that as well. Now, Carl, many of our listeners will be educators, and we're coming to the end of an absolutely unprecedentedly exhausting year. It's been terrible for lots of people, and I wonder what things can colleagues do to help prepare themselves over the summer break so that they reach September feeling reinvigorated and ready to take on another academic year what quick wins i mean perhaps there aren't any quick wins what things let me rephrase that. what things can we invest in over the seat like i'm start, i'm buying in now already what things can there we invest go. in over the summer that will prepare us for this kind of a, a, a better academic year next year some some quick tips for slowing down yeah <laughs> it's funny isn't it yeah i heard that question before not surprisingly uh, they are out there. I mean, the, the the real fix for slowing down is is slow, right? It's something that takes time. But there are small, short-term levers we can pull and things we can do in the here and now that will make a difference. So a f first thing that I would suggest is, is doing less, right? I mean, you, in the school year, you're very much at the mercy of other people's anxiety and expectations and timetables. But you, generally speaking, have more control over how you use your time in the summer. So move away from the chronic obsession with doing more and more. I mean, this is part of what drives our speedaholic culture is the, the, the compulsion to fill every moment with activity that's either productive or diverting or performative because it's going to look good later on an Instagram post. You know, just do less, right? You know, so each week, I mean, this is something, Maria, you'll remember from the boot camp, right? Is I talk about creating a not-to-do list mm, to put absolutely. a to-do list, right? And just, it's a kind of pause point to stop, reflect, metabolize where you've been, where you're going, where you are right now, and to think what the next week might look like. And to ask yourself, what, what are the things that I have on my horizon that really matter? And what doesn't matter? Because so much of the stuff that we cram our schedules with is just fluff. It's not important. You won't even remember doing it six weeks from now. 
So if you stop now, you just have a little slow moment and look at your day or the week ahead and say, I've got all these things lined up in front of me. Actually, with a bit of time and attention here and now, I'm realizing that six of them can just go, right? Just drop them. I won't even notice it a week from now or two weeks from now. And you just open up more space, time, and oxygen in your, in your schedule for resting and recharging between the things that really matter and also more time for the things that really matter. So that would be a, a first tip I would give. Another one specifically aimed at teachers is that so often, and I come from a teaching background myself, both my, my mom's a teacher, my brother's a teacher, my father's a professor, so he's a teacher, I've done some teaching. And, and the reason people get into teaching so often is not what ends up happening later on, right? We get sort of absorbed by the machine or the board, right? <laughs> and forced into patterns that just are totally and utterly inimical to what got us in there in the first place. So I think a, a really important thing to do throughout the year, but especially when you've got time in the summer, is to try and reconnect with the the joy, the vocation, the passion that launched you into teaching in the first place. So if you're a an English teacher, for instance, you know, make sure that in the summer you you go and see a couple of readings by authors or or a live you know a couple of plays nice. uh, if you're a science teacher you know go to a lecture at the uh, royal academy or something on 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 your subject if it's chemistry or physics or whatever um, you know go back to the thing that lit you up that hurled you into the teaching profession in the first place and it's almost like you're topping up your your love right because so much of what teaching is is love right and that's what the, the, that's the motor of so much of it in the beginning anyway it can end up becoming a drudge when you move away from the love. But I think reconnecting with the love through opening up the space and getting back to those activities is another good way to replenish yourself in those summer months. Wow, those are good tips because I can't see lots of people flocking to beaches this year around the world. That's going to be a little trickier to do uh, this year. We are back with Carl in just a moment. You're listening to LearnRadio.net with Maria wojciechowska Kanida and Russell Prue. We are chatting about this amazing topic, channeling your inner tortoise with Carl Honoré. We are thrilled to have him as well. We've just been talking about educators, Carl. I want to move the conversation on to children now. And how important is it uh, the slow movement for children and what are the benefits? How important is the art of doing nothing? Oh, so, so, so important. (laughs) I mean, this is something, you know, we have pass the virus of hurry on to the next generation mm. and it's just everywhere the kids come out of the womb and they just hit the ground running right whether you know baby einstein dvds baby sign language classes baby goes pro sports clinics mandarin lessons in the moses basket and then these endless extracurriculars so that kids of all ages seem to have schedules so packed they would give a ceo heartburn but but this i think more and more people are realizing that turning childhood into a race to perfection just doesn't work right it backfires on children on parents communities and and on teachers and so the reason being that the slowness is it's something that children need right they need it i I was going to say as much but maybe even more than grown-ups need it because it's it's in those moments of what they really need is the time and the space to explore the world on their own terms right ultimately that's what childhood has always been about hmm. it's about uh, playing freely without adults jumping in and telling them how to play faster or better it's about running reasonable risks um it's about getting bored right you know we are all so terrified of boredom nowadays but throughout human history when a child got bored that was the child's problem right the parent would say 
well, too bad, go outside and play or find a friend. Or they would use that eternal expression. They would say, use your imagination. But now a child comes to a parent and says, I'm bored. And it's the parent's fault. You're saying, oh no, I'm failing as a mom or a dad. My child's bored. Where's the iPad? Maybe we need another extracurricular in the schedule. <laughs> when in fact, no, what you need to do is slow down, back off and let the boredom happen. <laughs> because it's precisely in those moments of, of unstructured time, of not being quite sure what's coming next, of not having a timetable, a test or a target around the corner, moments of restlessness that the children have to learn how to create, how to invent, how to use their imagination, how to enjoy the moment, how to get along with their peers, how to look into themselves and work out who they are mm. rather than what everyone else expects them to be. So boredom is absolutely crucial. Um, and, and I don't mean, you know, full wall to wall, 24 seven boredom, of course not. It's, it's little, little injections of boredom here and yeah. there that become trampoline to invention and discovery and, and the wonder of childhood. And, and there's, I always think of this one example where, um, you know, children have this extraordinary capacity to disappear into a moment when, when adults, slow down, back off and get out of the picture. Mm. And we've all been there, right? You're walking down the street with a you know, seven-year-old child, right? And, and, and she spots a ladybird on a rose bush. And she can stop there for 30 minutes, right? She'll give the ladybird a name. She'll weave a narrative of Icelandic saga proportions around it. She'll watch it flitting from pedal to pedal. If it moves across it, she'll go cartwheeling after it and getting exercise as she goes. And we know, I mean, science is actually telling us that in that moment of unstructured play, of following the North Star of her own curiosity, of just simply being in that moment, right? That lady bird moment, that girl's brain is on fire, right? She's building a brain in ways that a thousand hours of Kumon tutoring and a thousand educational DVDs will never, ever come close to touching. But we see that ladybird moment and think, uh-oh, that kind of looks like a waste of time, right? You know, you can't put a ladybird moment on a UCAS form or a job application or a CV. And anyway, we're busy, right? You know, so we grab her by the wrist, pull her away from that ladybird and say, hurry up, we're late for ballet, right? But, but really this kind of slow earthquake in culture for children, this whole slow parenting, slow education, slow family, slow community movement that's sweeping the world in so many ways, comes down to bringing back the art of the ladybird moment. It's amazing. That's beautiful. In just a few paragraphs, you have summed up everything uh, that I think we, we need. And we, we've done a lot of that here on our station. We are firm believers in everything uh, that you are subscribing to. It's what we truly believe in. And that creative, that space is so vital. I love grabbing the child's hand and <laughs> whisking them along to ballet. No, now is the time to be creative. No, no, no. It's on your terms. I think it's really good. Uh, Maria, you've got another cracking question there. Thank you very much, Russell. I'm going to start putting Ladybird moments on my CV. I followed a bee the other day, so I think I think that that shows well, that I'm, I'm quite creative. Get it creative. on there. Get it on there, Maria. I would you. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, Carl, I'm sitting on my desk here. I'm looking at my workbook. I'm looking at my not to do list, and I'm very very excited to be able to talk to you about the 30 day slow boot camp. And and for me, when I started, I thought, right, I've got 30 days. I'm going to do it in these 30 days. I'm going to be slower. And there was it was such a, a wonderful experience to not do that and kind of buck the trend and I'm going back to it and revisiting it and you focus on the four main areas that you suggest mind play 
body and work. Now, could you share with us some of the exercises that colleagues haven't yet heard of this bootcamp? What they could do in each of these areas? So start us off with mind. What could we do? Well, I mean, one of the things that I suggested for mind uh, that runs all the way through the bootcamp, you talked about taking breathing breaks. Um, another one is, um, I call it the, the speed check, right? It's this mm. technique where at just random moments during the day, stop, just stop yourself, whatever you're doing, take a, take a deep breath or two, and then just assess the speed, right? Like your whole state of mind in that moment and ask yourself, am I moving through this moment in a frantic, anxious, distracted manner, a fast way, or am I doing it slow with a capital S? Am I here, present, doing it at the right speed? And if the answer is the, the, the latter, that you're so, then just carry on doing it, right? But, but very often you'll find that it's the former, right? That you have just stumbled into speed again because we just get infected by other people's impatience and so on. And so if you realize that you're going too fast in that moment, just stop, you know, take a few deep breaths and then go back to that activity. Whatever it is, it might be filling out a, you know, a student report at work, or it might be eating lunch at home on a weekend or who knows, you know, going for whatever it is and just go back to that activity with that more slow spirit. And, and that's a little thing that we can all do at any moment of the day. And it can actually have a huge impact. It's something that I do all the time myself still. And, you know, here I am wandering around the world telling everyone how wonderful it is to slow down. So, you know, sometimes I can get, you know, get infected by the virus of hurry too. So if I find that pulling the speed check lever really helpful too. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mind thing as well, I mean, people will have heard a lot about mindfulness and meditation. I mean, those just having those quiet moments, I think, you know, you can do it in lots of different ways. It can be listening to a mindfulness recording, or you can just do it your own way as well. Just go to a quiet place and set aside some time when you won't be disrupted by a, a gadget and, you know, let your mind wander over some of the bigger questions in your life. Like, who am I? <laughs> am I living the right life for me? Just create that space to allow the mind to, to go to places where it often doesn't when we're chasing our tails in daily life. Absolutely. I mean, I found myself um, having a philosophical garden conversation with myself the other day. I had so much to do, Mm -hmm. desk, you know, so busy. And I thought, you know, I need some time for myself. I slowed down. I took that, you know, the 10 seconds. I thought, I want to have a little bit longer. So I went outside, just, you know, just mooched about outside, did a little bit of weeding, a little bit of gardening. You know, it was it was just what I needed. You know, and also listening to you, I'm just reminding myself that I'm now brushing my teeth slower. I think this is probably, you know, my lifestyle choices. Perhaps that's why the enamel seem to have disappeared. You know, I'm brushing my teeth, you know, really, really quick. And I'm taking my time, you know, really enjoying. It sounds strange. I'm enjoying brushing my teeth. I mean, it's, this is just exercises that colleagues can do. Thank you so much for telling us about that. Now, Russell, sometimes people, they want to achieve their fast, don't they? They do indeed, and I think they need to slow down. We're talking more about this slowing down in just a moment. This is Seeds of Creativity, live on LearnRadio.net. Can you feel the slowness washing over you already, folks? It's amazing. We are embracing the slow here at LearnRadio.net. Now, Carl, people often want to learn to slow down really quickly, and I love it. Even as I was saying, have you got any quick wins for slow down? Going, it's a, it's a, a, a plant, a, a face palm that is just. Uh, what am I saying? What am I saying here? However. 
uh, colleagues uh, want to uh, uh, who really want to embrace this and start it, where do they need to start and what are the three tips that they should take away from this what first three things the most important there in your list I think the first one I, I touched on it before but I'll just give you a, a, a I won't say a faster version I'll give you a shorter version of it thank you which is just do less right just just do fewer things uh, find ways to trim right I, and I'll and I'll bolster that claim by sharing a, a favorite quote of mine from Warren Buffett the legendary US investor who once said that the difference between successful people and very successful people is that very successful people say no to almost everything right so uh, my first book is called in praise of slow it could so easily be called in praise of no right bringing back that little two letter word that um, allows us to slow down and focus on the stuff that really matters a second tip has to do with technology we haven't touched on that much so far you know i'm not a luddite got all the gadgets they're great but they all have an off button right so use the off button right set aside times when you are switched off completely another tip that i use i've been using for years myself is having all of my notifications turned off permanently which is a simple little flick of the switch on your phone that makes a deep and palpable difference to your relationship with but just with everything right because it means that you choose when you're going to be interrupted by a message when you're going to look at your inbox and then a third tip would be to incorporate some kind of slow ritual in your day just embed that activity a couple of times a day so it could be it'll be different for everyone it could be yoga or meditation or um reading poetry or knitting or you know for me i i i find sketching i'm a terrible drawer but sketching is like yoga to me. So something like that just build it into your schedule and have it there almost as a it's almost like a to inoculate against yourself against the virus of hurry. It's like a to borrow a, a metaphor of the moment it's like a kind of vaccination against that virus of hurry and just build it into your schedule. It doesn't have to be, you know, 5 hours of knitting. It, you know, it can be even just 10 minutes or 5 minutes, right? Just to mix it up a little, inject a little slowness into the day and it acts as a sort of break. Uh, and brings you back to the next moment in your day which may be a little faster a bit more demanding with that kind of inner calmness that serenity on the inside inside so that you're more of a swan than a crazy duck to use your metaphor from earlier no i think you're right uh, and telephones themselves i mean well, phones were installed really for for other people's convenience not our convenience and you know yes. did, and, and you're absolutely right it's the most basic of things and, and the phones have been around for a very long time but it's that kind of mindset isn't it the phone there is for my convenience not yours and that takes a real brave step doesn't it to just turn it off and step away from the gadget but i am hearing you loud and clear and these are important things because never before has our mental well-being so been in jeopardy and we are absolutely you can feel it there's a palpable change just in social media people are angrier and more frustrated and really worried about a whole range of stuff and you're absolutely right we just need to slow down wow amazing isn't it absolutely amazing maria 
I've absolutely enjoyed it. This is what I think we need a moment of Carl every day. A moment of Carl, a Carl moment. You know, that little slow moment yeah. because, all, all, you know, you start your morning, you know, I look at my not to do list, have a little bit of a breath, but sometimes you just forget and you find, if I wasn't doing all of these wonderful things, um, I would just get back into that hurried moment again. And yeah. this is this is just what we need. So thank you, Carl, so, so much. Now, can you share with us what you're working on next? Oh, yes. Yeah, well, at the moment, I'm finishing up a children's book. I've been, I was, uh, that's been one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that I was commissioned by a publisher to write my first children's book. It's about slow travel. So at a time when we couldn't, I haven't been able to travel anywhere. I haven't gone anywhere in more than a year. I was able to travel in my mind and through my imagination to 40 different journeys around the world and write them up for children. So um, I'm, I'm kind of, it's a different, it's writing in a different register. I'm, I've been enjoying it thoroughly. So I've done, I've been working on that. The, 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 the boot camp is based on another pandemic baby of mine, which is the workbook, 30 Days to Slow. So at the moment I'm getting, doing the whole translation of that into Spanish to get it into, um, you know, other hands in different parts of the world. So that's another thing I've got going on. I sort of teaming up with a, I can't really say anything about it publicly yet, but a big travel company on a whole kind of slow travel um, movement and stuff. So it's interesting how tr a lot of, I mean, I think the pandemic is, will prove to have been a real inflection point for people yeah. in, in history, uh, in, in, in personally and collectively, a, a, a reset, reboot moment, a time to rethink pace, time and, and, and speed. And I think a lot of people have come out of this closer to their inner tortoise. You know, they, we've been forced in this enormous workshop in slowness. And of course, the pandemic's been a total nightmare for everybody in lots of ways. But I do think that many of us have tasted slowness in a way we didn't before. And it's been a revelation. It's been a bit of an epiphany. And so it's interesting. I see it in my own social circle, but you hear it in other people's. You hear it in social media. You hear it in the mainstream press. That so many people through this pandemic moment have done something they never did before, but which I, of course, recommend in the workbook and beyond, which is pausing, stopping, reflecting, looking at the big picture, asking the deeper questions, the difficult questions, doing the metaphysical homework that we all kick downfield in our busy, distracted lives. We've done a lot of that over the last year or so, and people have come to some interesting and powerful conclusions. They've, many of them, decided that the life they were leading before was not the right life for them. So, so I know so many people, and I'm sure you do too, who are coming out of pandemic and thinking, you know what? I'm gonna change jobs, right? I, I'm just gonna change the way I work or even the work I do. I'm gonna move from, I don't know, London to the countryside or the countryside to London, or I'm gonna leave the relationship I was in before. You know, big, big tectonic seismic changes are happening. And that's on the individual level we've seen in Europe. Uh, I think we're now over well over a thousand kilometers of bike lanes, cycling lanes have been added to cities. That's a permanent change. So, so many of these slow gestures, slow pivots have been happening and will be happening more and more. So I think we're going to come out of this, many of us altered for the better. And a big part of that will be slow. Oh, great. When can we expect the children's book, Carl? <laughs> it turns out to my frustration, I've got to say that Children's publishing is a very slow business. Oh, so, yes. That's why I asked. The, because the illustrations and all that, it's grindingly slow. So I, of course, got all of my, I, I, I never, this is one of the things about, I'm a journalist by training, but I never miss a deadline, have never missed one. And I always get my, uh, in publishing, I always get my books in before the deadline. So all my editors are, what on earth is this? Like, they're usually chasing their, mine's always been on time. 
I got all my texts written for this book months ago, but I'm only just this last two weeks receiving the first illustrations. So it is, it's, it's, a, it's a long, slow process and pub publication date's not actually until next year, sadly. I'd love it to come out now <laughs> or when, once the illustrations are done, but um, I guess that wouldn't be very slow. No, okay, but there's a lot of prep work we can do now. I mean, so we, you know, there's a lot of prep work that we can do, folks. There's a lot in all of Carl's books that are out right now that you could take on and bring that into your classrooms. There is no doubt about that as well. And I, just something as you were talking about, you know, I, I think kind of, you know, have you got change for my cabbage? I mean, just sums it up really. You know, I I want to go back to those simpler times. Really, do you have change for a cabbage? And just you know, just get rid of a lot of that and just shed a lot of that. I'm I'm there with you absolutely maria it's been absolutely fascinating hasn't it absolutely fascinating absolutely wonderful russell really enjoy spending some time with carlos thank you uh, just a minute uh, carl thank you so much we have learned so much in such a short space of time and uh we should serialize something with you very soon i think as well thank you so much indeed for joining it's been a real pleasure to chat with you uh, where can colleagues connect with you if they want to find out more about your work uh, well, first of all, thank you both to you. I've, I've enjoyed it from start to finish, and I would love to pick up the baton and and run with it again some other time with you. Run slowly, as in at the right speed, of course. Yes, <laughs> yeah. of course. Uh, but in, but in, in another time, in another place. Uh, where they can get me, very easy. Uh, one one stop shop for everything. Carl Honore, my name, carlhonore.com. Perfect. Which has every link to everything way more than you would ever want to know about me it's all there good and we've got that on the show page folks just go to seeds of creativity find show number 39 uh, and this is published on thursday the 1st of july 2021 find that show page and all of carl's contact details will be there as well uh, once again thank you so much indeed we look forward to doing something with you slowly very soon did you like what I did there? Was that okay? Was that really good? I thought that was just fair. Uh, thanks so much indeed. Absolutely brilliant there. Uh, listeners, thank you so much indeed for enjoying this, our Seeds of Creativity podcast today. And we hope you have enjoyed this topic of conversation. Everything Forever is on the show page on the website, learnradio.net. You'll find everything there in a selection of all of our podcasts and listen again and watch again videos. Folks, we are entirely selfly selfly self-funded and if you'd like to make a donation you can find a donation button at the bottom of the podcast link there go fund me link every penny received goes to the operational costs of our radio station and anything you can give so greatly received until next time it's goodbye from her and it's goodbye from him you're listening to maria and russell this is the seeds of creativity live show on learnradio.net <laughs>